Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. What are you supposed to do? Keep the mic close. There we go. Keep the mic close. Hi. Don't do anything something. (laughs) According to Eric. That wasn't confusing at all. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, we are here. We have arrived. This is Cheer Up, Cheer Me Up Movies number two. Yeah, we're trying to... What a great day for Cheer Up Movies, because you and I have had a day. We've had shockers of a day. Yeah, we... uh, we need <laughs> we need a good movie. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, so this movie that Caleb, I am picking. Caleb got up at five to make bagels, everybody. <laughs> oh, my god! I, I helped my good friend Austin Johnson out. Helped him make some bagels. It was great. Tom, how was your day? Was it good? <laughs> it was <laughs> quick. Feels like it just started. Here I am. Well, yeah, we got a season. guest. Oh, the, yeah. The esteemed. Would you like to welcome our guest? Yeah, welcome our guest. Tom Tiffany, explain yourself. Explain yourself. Well... Quick recap would be uh, pretty much all I have to show for this point in life is watching a lot of movies. <laughs> You're perfect. Criti- being critical of them. You're perfect. <laughs> He's perfect. The Jared rest. got married at Tom's house. I did. Where Tom lives is where I got married. It's a lovely wedding. It was. It was a lovely wedding. Absolutely lovely. But everything else about me uh, goes without saying. I think that's... <laughs> What else is there to say about Tom? It goes without saying, so there's nothing to say. All right. (laughs) So, this movie that we are watching, I had, I I, uh, explained the list of movies to you guys uh, off pod, uh, and that I was kind of struggling with figuring out what we're going to watch. But this film involves trains. I love, oh, yes. 1931 Paris. I like that. Large like, clocks. I know what movie it's it is. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It stars Sasha Baron Cohen. That's right. Watching what? Hugo. Hugo. <laughs> I've never seen Hugo. Hugo. Oh, such Have a Have you seen film. Hugo, Tom? No. Oh, good. You've never seen Hugo? This will be my first viewing. 2011's uh, Martin Scorsese. It's a Scorsese. It's Scorsese. Which, it's Morton Scorsese. <laughs> Morton Scorsese. So yeah, I'm excited to do a rewatch. Uh, when I watched this, I gave it four and a half stars. And man, I just remember it being such a lovely, beautiful, delightful film. The real the rewatch is a real downer. It's awful. <laughs> great. Great. We're in for a worse just, day just than kidding. we thought. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Let's watch it. Watch okay. it. Tom, you've got your notebook. That's big. I'm going to, if I could take that, I'm going to burn it because (laughs) I'm too emotionally tied to what's in there. Take it and burn it. You don't have a mic, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) You can't be heard. La Voyage de la Lunes. We are recording. De Danse la Lune. So, yeah, he was a real guy. I, I, I don't know if you thought that was Hugo like a Cabre, guy. a real guy. He was a real person. Hugo was a real guy? No, George, George, uh, how, do you, how do you pronounce Mellier. it? Melier. George Melier. Um, yes, it's fascinating how they painted each frame. Yeah. That's a labor of love right there. But that's what it was. That's what it is. That's why the movies were 15 minutes long. Mm. We are watching Trip to the Moon, the original. After watching Hugo, what are your thoughts, guys? <laughs> we watched it. Can I? Do you just want to go around? Yeah, yeah let's go around the horn. Yeah. yeah. I kind of told you guys this last week. Or no, not last week. Well, I guess it was last week. <laughs> According to the pod. According well, to Monday, the pod. Monday night. Yeah. Um, I own this movie because iTunes used to give away like a free movie every month or so. What a jackpot. And in 2011, they gave away Hugo for free. And I downloaded it, but just never watched it. (laughs) This is my first time ever seeing it. And this was very good. It was very lovely. Honestly, because of my day, I was very tired. And so I might have dozed for like three minutes towards the beginning. How dare you? But... Then I was back, baby. Back uh, with a vengeance. I love the the childlike uh, whimsy of this. Uh, mm. In the French 
backdrop i thought it was fun i think it's um yeah the kids kind of going on this small scale adventure Mm. um i think is really charming and so i really enjoyed it and it's cool seeing scorsese do something that isn't a gangster movie (laughs) (laughs) the departed you don't you give scorsese a bad rap like more than half of his movies aren't gangster movies i know but that's what he's known for yeah. What are some other ones that aren't gangster movies? Age of Innocence, Kundun, Silence. Wolf yeah, it's just a few. Street, New York, New York, After Hours. Do you want me to keep going? Yes. Uh, there's that one with Either Nicolas way. Cage in the ambulance. Either way. Either way. <laughs> he'd make a kid's movie. Yes. As opposed to a movie for like dramas or. Yeah. Thrillers. It is an interesting departure, I feel, for sure. Um, Jared, thoughts? Wow, guys. Jared Klopfenstein here, film snob. <laughs> Been a film snob since day one, the beginning, actually. We know. Okay, keep going. Um, I've seen Hugo a few times. Um, I'm interested to see how this discussion goes, because I consider Hugo a great movie to watch, and I don't know what to talk about with it. Um, <laughs> I love this movie. I think the first hour is virtually perfect. You know how we, when we watched The Sound of Music together, we were like, up until the intermission, this movie is absolutely perfect. Yeah. I kind of feel that with Hugo in just like the charming way. Mm. I love all the Parisian stuff. The production design's great. I love all the like minor characters that are just, it's just like you're watching it and it's happy and charming and there's a little bit of mystery there. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just all in. I think there needs to be more great, kids movies i think this is one of the best i think more great directors need to um do what scorsese does here and try to make a movie for children because look Mm. at the result it's way better than whatever the bad directors making movies for children are doing (laughs) um and i'm also one of those people who think scorsese did his best work in the 2010s between mm. this and silence which are probably Mm. his two best works so those are the only Um, two he did and people are Oh, no, he did like Wolf of Wall Street, and that might be it. But people are so nostalgic about the 70s, 90s Scorsese, and I say no. Step aside. 2010 Scorsese is here (laughs) to show some directors age well. Wow. Um, So, yeah, I'll just say I love it. Go watch it. Perfect for uh, holiday season because all Mm -hmm. the snowy stuff. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Is there snow on the ground, Jared, like you said there would be? I haven't looked. Okay. I can look right now. (laughs) <laughs> um and it also has some good messages you know about finding your purpose and not turning bitter and yeah um daddy issues all that <laughs> yes he is um tom tom before your initial thoughts i have a side question to ask you yes so we are all on this website called letterbox mm-hmm. which rates your movies you should get on it because we watch movies and rate them and see what each other rates but um on your profile you have top four movies and i just wonder uh, off the top of your head, what your top four would be so listeners can see what your bent is film-wise. You know, it's funny as I thought I should prepare oh, for this spot. and think through what my top movies are. And I'm like, you know what? That won't come up. <laughs> it's like for I'm sure. Back. <laughs> you fool! You fool! So I'm absolutely <laughs> going to it's get my top four wrong. Snowing outside, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Beautiful. Wow. I know Tree of Life is in my top four. Ooh. Nice. Let's go. Uh, to deep snobs like yourself, this one maybe shouldn't be there, but I just enjoyed every time the prestige. Okay. Okay. Prestige is very yeah. good. I have I have some surprising ones on my top four, so don't worry about it. I like the first Batman with Christian Bale. Again, mm. simple-minded. You're a Nolan guy. You're a Chris Nolan guy. Oh, I, very much so. Hmm. Okay. So the one of those three, which you asked for four, the one I'm confident would remain top four if I gave this thought is Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other two, they're, like they're maybes. They would probably be in top ten. <laughs> uh, off the top of my head, I don't have a fourth. What about Babe Pig in the City? haven't seen it oh. or under the skin i have seen that due to you and your sister's recommendation <laughs> you've seen under the skin what'd you think of it it was i mean i very much enjoyed it <laughs> good yeah a very interesting movie kind of a in a league of its own i mean it's just not 
much like it that I've been exposed to. Agreed. And your number five, a league of their own. <laughs> were you at the Nuggets game last night? Yeah, I was at the Nuggets game. You were nice. sitting close. I was. I was pretty close. I was on the court, so that was really fun. Close as it yeah. gets. Oh, man. Jokic could not play because of something called health and safety protocols, which oh, I didn't know still existed. Whatever. And the Nuggets played a fine game till the last few minutes. Boo. Who are they lost. playing? the new york knicks oh how do you fun. lose it in knicks in this climate knicks courtside D-Rose, oh, baby yeah. that's how <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy sitting one row ahead of me i was trying to find out the face value of the tickets i had mm. guy to my left he pays twenty-seven thousand five hundred per ticket what and uh that's not even possible but he buys he buys the full season so i think he gets a discount yeah i think that's so a season ticket there's this guy ahead of me wait twenty-seven thousand per ticket well, for 41 games. For, for 41 for games. One, yeah, course, yeah you said per ticket. Yeah. It's <laughs> very confused. Oh, so he had two tickets, okay. right? So <laughs> for the year, 55000 Yeah. for the two tickets. Wow. Yeah. Then there's this guy Jeez. below him um, that had four season tickets. And this guy, he, it was a surprise that he had four season tickets. Okay. And I'm like, hey, what are the top games that you sell your tickets for? Like when you really kind of recoup some of that money. He's like, I never thought about that. Never really thought about selling them. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's the main purpose of this, buddy. (laughs) This guy's the man. Like it's not that he thought about it and decided it wasn't worth the trade-off. He bought four courtside tickets and uh, he said his were only 25,000 per seat for the season. Wow. <laughs> but then he made the point of it has never crossed my mind. And you wow. know what? He wasn't he wasn't faking it. I I looked in that man's eyes. <laughs> it never crossed his mind. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Experience. Yes. Anyway, thoughts on Hugo. Hugo. Yeah, thoughts on Hugo. I was utterly perplexed by this movie for the first <laughs> hour and a half. I have a side theory that maybe I'll share later if I can put Theories. it together. But Please. it finally hit me that this is a movie about deep-seated trauma, brokenness, Whoa. and love entering into the picture to help uh, redeem and restore. Wow. And we saw that in many different areas, hmm. many different relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different things happening with different people. Well said. Eric? Indeed. Oh, this is just a beautiful film, guys. It's just beautiful. Makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> let's not complicate things. Just um, makes me feel good. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah, beautiful. Um, it's interesting. There were some beautiful sets, but there was a, probably a lot of interesting camera work in this, which is kind of, I don't know, I guess paying an homage to movie magic where it's just like you know this is they're not on a beautiful you know fantasy world where mushrooms are growing out of the ground and stuff they're they're making movie magic and they're 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 tricking the eyes so to speak and i think that's a form of what you know computer graphics have been able to allow us to do create these fantastic um worlds um make you enter those worlds make you believe that they're actually walking around in this beautiful fantastic train station that's you know perfect in every way but they're not um so i think there's some commentary going on there with that but um yeah i think it's i think it's just stunning and it's just such a such a emotionally kind of like i remember when i first watched this i was just like really pulled by that story of this man who just poured his entire life and his passion into this thing and for the world to dismiss him and to move on and to not care about what he did. And in a very miss, you know, Mr. Holland's opus kind of way at the end, just like it really kind of crescendoing with everybody really appreciating his life's work. Um, And I thought that was, Oh, just utterly beautiful. So, yeah, I don't know. It just makes me feel good. Cheers me up. You know, it's... I forgot we we should mention that 
I don't know if you did this on purpose. Today is Martin Scorsese's 80th birthday. Oh, hey, happy and birthday! And we watched Hoosiers on the birthday of Hoosiers we last Hoosiers, week. Yeah. We didn't mention that. Yeah, we should, this should just be birthday theme. <laughs> change it to birthday. I got to come yeah. up with a birthday movie. <laughs> I'll change the uh, the theme. Yeah, <laughs> did you just happen movies, upon that? Uh, I today? remember seeing it uh, today movies on Instagram on some movie account that it was like <laughs> today's Scorsese's birthday, and I was looking something up, and it reminded me. But then on Monday we watched Hoosiers, and I didn't realize until the next day we watched it on November fourteenth. The day it came out that Hoosiers came out November fourteenth, nineteen eighty six. Now Hoosiers holds up. Um, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, do you have discussion ready or, or, or do you want me no, to No, let's hop right into it, dude. Yeah. Okay. I want to know <laughs> um, what theme jumped out to you and what shots or plot points or character or whatever did that. Because when I was watching this time, something that I thought about, especially in the first half, there's so many gears and clocks and mechanics and so it's many. like it's so pr- images that move are so prevalent all around us all the time that mm-hmm. it's this movie does a good job of making us like without machinery mm-hmm. and mechanics and gears like movies wouldn't exist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just like but and without light. But here's the thing, right? Here's what I loved in this movie. Mm-hmm. The little robot boy, he's robot man he's building to get back with his dad. What makes that machinery work? The heart. The heart. Love. Yep. So I'm just, I just like this Scorsese's just straight up like, yeah, there's this, for those of you listening, there's this little key that he needs to make this robot man work and it's shaped in a heart. And it's like, there are a lot of times you can make a movie and it doesn't have heart and then it doesn't really work. And that's just, that's a secret ingredient. Mm-hmm. It's just a lovely little note. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what stood out to you guys? It is lovely. Well, with the little robot man, I think uh, little Hugo don't call him little. Oh, Sorry. shout out Loyal Carner's Hugo. The best rap album of the year came out a couple years ago, and it's called Hugo by Loyal Carner. <laughs> Cue it, Eric. Cue the last track, Hugo. Um, but I think he saw himself as a little robot, as mm. like forgotten, doesn't have a purpose, useless. Mm. Um, and I like when uh, that last scene. The, the, well, not the last scene, but when he says like. It's broken. He's like, Hugo says it's broken. He's like, no, it's perfect. Or what is he? Right. That's that's like he just needed someone to speak into that and like, I don't know, because even in that dream sequence, the dream within the dream, Hugo like is becoming the robot. Mm. I'm like, yeah, he sees himself as that, like lost, forgotten, useless, Mm -hmm. but he just needed someone to affirm him in that. No, he's perfect. Mm. Um, yeah so I really like that moment I think that stuff was the most affecting moment mm. like where like I feel the most emotion mm. I don't know where it is for you guys but for me it's where like he just gets saved from getting hit this is near the end so spoilies saved <laughs> from getting hit by the train the station master Sa- we didn't even mention Sasha Baron Cohen yet that dude's hilarious so. <laughs> yeah anyways <laughs> well I was, I was gonna give like a brief little rundown yeah yeah he um gets saved and the guy's going to take him away. And he's like, no, I need to do this to know if I work. Mm. Just like the, mm. I feel that. Mm. Yeah. Finding purpose. To, yeah. To, to find who he is. I feel like I relate with that a little bit. It's yeah. like, I don't have my, I'm not doing enough. I don't work enough. My purpose isn't good enough. And mm. he's like, I, he's to the point where like, I don't even know what it is. And this is my one chance to see if I'm worth anything. Mm. Right. Oh, he hits me. <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, just brief little rundown. This movie takes place in the 1930s, 1931 Paris, um, and takes place in a train station. This wow, beautiful- this is happening late. What? A rundown. <laughs> the rundown of the movie, yeah. <laughs> well, I just feel like... Are you talking about themes? And I know, like, I know. Here's what the movie's I about. I feel like we're talking about, like, Robot Boy, and, we're, and no one, like, understands <laughs> who the heck yeah, we're yeah, talking you're about. Right, you're right, you're right. Um, and there's this boy who seems to be working the clocks, and he's kind of, like, behind the scenes, you know, spying on people in the, in the train station. And in the train station, there's all these, like, little things that are happening, you know, like... 
uh, a bakery opens up and it's like a woman with her dog and there's like a guy who likes this woman uh, but the dog keeps biting his ankles <laughs> and there's Sasha Baron Conan who's a uh, what was he called a station uh, master station inspector I think is what it was station or something inspector. and he was like yeah he was like the station police um, we've got um, uh, oh my gosh I've forgotten his name Asa Butterfield, Ben no. Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, yeah. Jeez. Oh. Forgot Ben Kingsley's name. Uh, and he seems to like work this like toy shop. And yeah, there's just like it's it's really hard to break down this film because like it's not like one thing kind of leads to the next, which leads to the next. It's it's just like he meets this girl and they become friends, and he shows this girl this like secret of his, which he has this automaton which is this like gear robot thing that does a purpose and him and his dad were fixing it up, but his dad died in a horrible fire. And now the kid is just orphaned and like keeping the clocks going in, in the station. And yeah, they just like go on adventures. She loves to go on adventures. And so she's like all in on this like mystery for, for what's going on. And, um yeah it's just it's just a really interesting movie and then like there's like two there's like two acts and like the second act we learn that the the toy shop guy is like this film like pioneer he like started these like hundreds of these these films including uh trip to the moon which is a silent film and what i see to be 1902 um, it's older than me it's older yeah. than all of us put together all of, the, all of us Whoa. dude uh and maybe so not. they're like yeah they're just like he no it's not i take that back oh wait maybe <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah like ben kingsley he's just like a genius but he's like really distraught because no one remembered his work and stuff like that and so yeah it like centers around this like robot and it's like this mystery of like how do we get this thing to work and the kid has like a key that turns it on and the key is what it's a heart we spoiled it already it's a heart. we already talked about it so um tom yeah you had a brilliant opening thought and i want you to expound on it expound it because well, it sounded like you were hitting on themes of the movie well as eric was sharing this it crossed my mind that where does this take place well it centers around this clock tower in a train station and the Harry. clock is all about precision right like mm-hmm. the exact time because there's a schedule and the train comes and goes on that time and this mm-hmm. thing that's very precise mm-hmm. and always comes and goes at the same time mm-hmm. all the people working there or keeping it going are very much broken and i don't know if that's coincidence or intentional they're all broken how well there's the inspector uh the station inspector who is, I'm guessing, there as opposed to a normal policeman or a more commanding position because of his mm-hmm. leg that was injured in the war. He's literally broken. Right? Yeah. There's the woman who brings flowers, and I'm guessing she has the deep loss of her brother dying at war, mm. and flowers are the beauty, like the beauty she can bring to the world that kind of keeps her going. Mm. There's the boy who lost his dad, right, and is wondering who he is, and uh just as you as caleb pointed out just sees himself um almost as his purpose is very robotic and uh, my purpose is just to keep the clock going right Right, he doesn't see a greater purpose like uh, there's not a humanity to him Mm -hmm. um and then there was one oh then there's ben kingsley's character the toy Mm -hmm. store owner who was just Mm -hmm. imaginally or, or incredibly inspired and creative but now it captures his attention at the start of the film is just this little mechanical mouse Mm -hmm. right like he's just surviving the day Mm -hmm. and um what's getting him through the day is just playing with this very simple mechanism which is nothing compared to like uh the creativity that came out of him when he was younger. Mm -hmm. So these are the people that at least we see that serve some role in this station. And they're all very much, um, damaged or just kind of surviving. Like, uh, yeah. 
Hmm. Then you got the one lady who's held back by her dumb dachshund who <laughs> wants to bite everything in park. Yeah. Get out of here, lady. <laughs> well, she's, yeah, she's, I mean, I think she's coming there just to have friendship, right? She's both her and the guy that likes her. They just seem like two very lonely people who are, yep. mm. their, their purpose there, they're not getting on off the train and they don't have a job. They're just trying to find a way to come into the world and not be alone. And mm. that was the place where they can mm. come, where there will always be people coming by. And perhaps the, the thought of maybe I could meet someone or someone might smile at me. Yep. That's why I go to Trader Joe's. <laughs> I just wander, up, I wander up and down the aisles, oh and not a bad, not a bad strategy. And they're, actually, they're th- and the employees are very nice. They are. Sometimes they smile at me, and that's all I need. <laughs> you just need that smile. It gets me through the day. You're you like, know, you're wow, like, Caleb, I'm, you've uh, like, you've like been staring at the pork dumplings for five minutes, and they're like, they are good. <laughs> Thanks. They are, aren't they? <laughs> Oops, I met the wrong. Which one, one are you I hitting? The wrong one. What'd you do? I hit laughter. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't oh, hear you need it. To turn up the volume. I didn't, oh, I didn't hear is it. Is it a volume thing? Oh, nice. No, that's the rim shot. It one. was patak. Ha 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 ha! Now it's a laughter. That? How do I remember that? How oh, you remember that? Oh, I remember that. Oh, you um, remember that? I was just trying to diffuse your uh, sad situation. I'm sorry. I just mean silly. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting thing, though. We probably all go to the store and we want to get in and out as quickly as possible because mm-hmm. we're there for a purpose to do something else. Yeah. But there are people that go to the store just to have human contact. Mm. It's yep. true. Mm-hmm. You know, the end of the movie. Mm-hmm ties together what you said really well because ben kingsley at the end whatever happens he's happy they find his films good thing he's at the stage and he's like i'm here because one boy decided to fix something and it's just like though you may feel like you are broken in your everyday tasks you have no idea that the impact your purpose, which seems so superfluous to you, can actually have a larger impact on the people around you. That's such a good message, Martin, mm-hmm. for the people to have. And I'm sure he's probably even thinking, I mean, meta for him, probably all the little people doing things in his movies that yeah. seem like they're doing superfluous jobs. They're just making a set. They're just making sure the camera's running. They're just getting catering for people. And he's like, no, they're actually having a large impact on the whole machine that is the world and because you're here you actually have some purpose to fulfill in in it even if you don't see it right away Mm -hmm. yeah i think he said something like uh and like and that was the greatest magic of all that you know this this boy decided to fix something and he recognized the impact that he had on his life like he completely changed that guy's life around Mm -hmm. he was stuck in his depression he was stuck in his kind of like my life was meaningless and you know it it had no purpose it had no life and then out of the woodworks come these people who like did see him and did appreciate him um and it's interesting i wonder why people thought he was dead in the war maybe that was like a i don't know if they expanded Just on fell that. off the map and stopped making movies so they're probably yeah. like he's dead <clears throat> right right i mean if there if steven spielberg went to war and then he stopped <laughs> he didn't make any more movies, we'd be like, he probably died. <laughs> like, if he's not making yeah. movies anymore and the war is over, in that he's day probably and age, dead. Maybe, yeah. But, uh, otherwise, i just Google even, it. <laughs> even now. Steve or Spearwork. Did you have a thought, Caleb? I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I have the thought I just, that you know, I, even if only the people in the living room who watched... Ben Kingsley's movies. If that was the only people who saw what he did, I think he'd still have like purpose. Like yeah. I, I, I don't ben, know. Like, mean at the George? end, it's like oh, everyone saw it, but like not everyone has to see something you do in order for you to like matter. And I know that's not what he's saying, but I'm just like, well, no, even George's wife in that moment when they were watching the films, like she was crying. Yeah. She was just like, man, this is like really bringing me back. And like, it's really nice to even, even seeing the guy like really appreciate her husband's work. Mm -hmm. She was brought to tears and she like went from this sour lady to this like really hopeful and like bright personality because she was just like, man, I really love that you know you love 
my husband's work. I don't know anybody who knows about his work. And that was enough to kind of even just like switch her. Yeah. Is that acknowledgement of, of what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, So it's beautiful. It's cool that like he got the big recognition at the end, but I think even that moment in the living room was probably more meaningful. Yeah. He was so stuck in the present that he's like, he can't even remember that his work at one point did affect people, and that's still good, mm-hmm. even if it never does again. Yeah. It's just a movie about wanting to mean. Wanting, wanting to, to mean. Wanting, wanting, wanting something to mean something, wanting to matter, you know. Wanting to mean. At that end uh, that end scene where they're having the party, you know, they're all just having fun, and, like, people know who he is again. And, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's it's hard. It's like... We, we want our lives to mean something and we want it to matter. We want it to have some sort of a purpose. Um, and some people chase the appreciation of others. I, I disagree with you. I think, that, I think that that living room scene was important to him, mm-hmm. but I think he was gobbling it up in the theater. I think like that's what he lives for. Right. Was, that, like, was that kind of draw, like when he was making movies, there were hundreds of people around him at all times, just like watching him create and watching him do. And I think that, I think that he missed that. So you're I, saying he's Brendan Gleeson in Banshee. I am saying, I'm, I'm thinking of Banshee's I'm in a Sheeran where it's like, yeah, I yeah. have to be remembered. I have to have a legacy. But Music is forever. I don't have to be nice if I have a legacy. No one will remember <laughs> you being nice. <laughs> They'll but, remember my music. But, like, I still think, like... Mozart. I'm nice. <laughs> I'm nice. <laughs> I'm nice. Yeah, so I'm like, a nice person. I, I'm thinking Goodbye, it in, that, in that context <laughs> of, like, even if he's not remembered and, like, celebrated, he still is important. You hidden, know? That's hidden life stuff. <laughs> right? I don't think... I don't think... I like, so. I'm never going to be, like, this, like, great remembered person, but... I'm here with you guys right now. You're saying ultimately, not yeah, like I'm what George ulti- was feeling. I think George ultimate. was massively depressed for multiple years. Yeah. So maybe he was that's off though. Maybe that's Maybe like, he should I'm have not been. saying I'm not saying that was right. I'm saying for him he needed that that attention, all eyes on me, kind of like I disagree. Warmth. I disagree. Not in a, not in a bad way. I, I just feel like he he, no, no. he was like sparked alive again when when he, no, people no, no. knew about his work. No, no, no. He sparked alive again when he came in the living room. He didn't spark alive again when he came on stage. I'm not saying the initial spark. What, Eric? Lights will guide, guide you home. Oh, Coldplay. That's and the answer. And ignite. I think it's not a. I oh, okay. will You're try keep, keep to fix, fix you. you. I'm just gonna play Coldplay over your uh, voice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hugo, 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 Hugo. Like, Hugo. I think it was. It was. Yeah. And added benefit that like oh now I'm getting recognized and they're restoring all his old work but mm-hmm. I think ultimately that moment his reaction room. to Hugo pre-stage shows he didn't need that moment he was already not bitter because he's like, I'm going to take this kid into my house. That shows he's open again and that he doesn't need recognition. He's not dwelling on the past and his bitterness. Yeah, it's arguable. No, I, it's not. It's no, pretty I clear think it by is. the film and I, the words. I don't think we will know. I think if we know. He, I don't think he would have chased the end like theater scene. I think that would have had to have been done for him. You know, he wouldn't have put that on for himself. Like yeah, that's what we're saying. He didn't. Here's need all it. my movies. Yeah. No, I know, but I'm not. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying I feel like that's where he thrives is in the buzz. Not that he like needs it as a lifeblood, but like that's where he thrives. Like he what felt, makes you say he that? He felt alive. What makes you say that? Because he felt the most alive when he was making his films. How do you know and, that? And being passionate. How do you know he didn't feel alive when he took in Hugo because he was an open man who let go of his past and realized that that's not what mattered because there were people around him he could love? I think he, ch- yeah, I think he's possible, you know, capable <laughs> of change. Yes, but I mean, he's still the same old guy. Okay. <laughs> I think I don't think what I'm saying is like it's making it like less hmm. beautiful or less. I do. Like formative. I think it's less beautiful now. <laughs> Jared, have I hurt your feelings? Yeah. 
I apologize. I'm sad. Tom, what do you think? <laughs> I think it's not analog. It's, it's not, not analog. I agree. Right. He's on a path. And the most important thing is that he had... I mean, I think this movie is talking about mechanics without heart are meaningless. Exactly. Right? That's what so. I said. <laughs> when did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> so he's on a path, and the path is to have something that matters mm-hmm. to put his energy towards, mm-hmm. right? And his, in his younger years, it was... Um, the creative process is seen in his films, his muse, his wife. Now it was to, yeah. Now he has someone who he maybe sees a little bit of himself in and Hugo Mm. and it's to uh, provide him, you know, to provide him what he doesn't have, which is someone who cares about him and his future. Do you guys have a favorite character? The automaton. (laughs) Sasha. Oh, why Sasha? I felt like I like that they didn't make him and I like what movies do this. They have like some sort of antagonist, but really you know right off the bat that they're broken and insecure. Mm. And right. When those insecurities show it's one comical, but also you see <laughs> a little bit of like growth because especially with him talking with is that Emily Watson, Emily Mortimer, Ellie Mortimer. All oh, right. Yeah. I think Emily Mortimer. Yeah. Mm. But any chickens out, when yeah, his, he, like, when his leg ceases like, up. Yeah, and like, but I love that moment. <laughs> yeah, because, no, it's a good moment. Like, the thing he's most ashamed of is like front and center then. And so he has to like, you know, kick his knee back into place. Yep. And yep. he's like ashamed and walks away and then she's vulnerable with him. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I lost my brother. And I think that was big for him. And that's like a connection, a human connection of love and empathy. And so I really, mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I love that moment between them. Um, small moment, but yeah. And I just, I couldn't, every time he was on screen and did something, you know, that kind of showed his vulnerabilities. It was just like, oh, yeah, poor guy. Plus I loved him climbing up those pegs. <laughs> <laughs> such, such arm strength. Yeah. Upper body strength. Upper body <laughs> strength, baby. I think they forgot to cut that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't make sense. That was improv. He just started doing yeah, it. I'm going to go yeah. climb these pegs up into my office real quick. BRB. Yeah, we we are all empathetic towards him until he throws children into cages, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a commentary. Throws, throws them into a, an orphanage. Like Which I've got is, another stray dog. I mean, that's essentially like the, the same thing. And just his his commentary with the with the guy who picks up the kids. <laughs> it's so funny. His back and forth about his wife and like, oh, they think it's yours, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so funny oh it's so good it's such a little little then touch. like she's back and he's like yeah you think <laughs> <laughs> they're saying it's your chin seven months to go yeah. you sure sure <laughs> yeah i think i think it's interesting because i think when this came out this was like probably one of the first roles i saw sasha in that was like not silly or not borat or something like that mm-hmm. and was that your favorite character too sasha um, no, I just, I always love like Kingsley's character. Okay. I, 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 I love that. Um, I'm surprised it's not Caleb's favorite character either. Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Because it's like this brooding man <laughs> who like takes on. Yeah. As soon as I said brooding, <laughs> you're, like, uh, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I like brooding. <laughs> I like brooding. Uh, <laughs> I like to brood. Uh, who like, yeah, just had this past and is just so, you know, deeply depressed by how it turned out and just, um, you know, just is okay with this, you know, life of solitude where he's just working as like this shop worker. And that's his, that's his penance now for, you know, all the, all the, all the stuff that, um, you know, people were never able to experience and, and his redemption in that. And he's able to kind of like, like, I just love that party scene because he's just so alive at the, at the end of the movie and he's like having fun and he's conversing with people and like talking about the past and I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's beautiful to see someone come back from the recesses of Scrooge. Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Scrooge. Exactly. So it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very similar type type yeah. of, and, and I just loved that specific journey so much. And we, we see that in other characters, but um, it's just interesting. 
Yeah. Tom, you have a favorite character? Yeah. So hopefully I'm not putting words in your guys' mouths, but I think each Please of you don't. found this to be a lighter or kind of joyful movie, like a movie that, that brightens a day. And uh, <laughs> not, for, not, not so for you. For me, it was heavy. Yeah. No, it's right? heavy too. Yeah. So it's like, cannot they like exist in the same space? Took some energy from me. Right. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I think I liked a lighter character, not necessarily, well, just the, the, the uh, optimistic loving character. So the little girl, right? She's uh, great. Like yes. she is, she not only has the, the key with mm-hmm. the heart, but she is the, the heart of the movie. Yeah. She's the key to the sequence of events that unlocks healing in these other people. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, but I was just. Yeah, as each of you shared kind of your perspective on the movie, I'm like, wow, why is it hitting me differently? And as each of you uh, appreciate a more complex, uh, layered character, I'm like, I think I like the simplest one. <laughs> That's okay. Why is that? And I'm like, oh, it's probably because the movie hit me as heavy, so mm. I connected to the the one that kind of optimism l- and the the love lightened mm. up the. Yeah, that makes sense. I, this watch, Sasha's one of my favorites. This watch, I really (laughs) love uh, Georges Melier's wife. Oh, yes. Mama Georges. Um, Yes, yes. Because she is simultaneously like, has walked through the trauma of her husband with him. Mm. So you can see the deep love for him and like the protectiveness of him. Mm-hmm. Like when she scolds the children, it's never because she thinks they're doing anything wrong. It's because she's trying to protect um, her husband's yeah. depression from getting worse, basically. Yeah. But then she's at the same time very um, open and slightly mischievous and... <laughs> um, She's an actress. <laughs> she's she's been holding back the past joy joyful memories herself for the sake of her husband, but when she has mm. a moment to finally relive them, she, she's like the good old times. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. I just love that about her. Yeah, yeah, that like she continues to kind of it's it's not even just like something she did once or twice, but it was like this is just a lifelong thing that I have to kind of like protect. My yeah. husband now. She's just very selfless. That's a heavy, heavy thing to do for, I don't know, 15, 20 years probably. Or wait, this is 31. Yeah. So yeah, tw- 25 plus years probably. Yeah, she may lose some temporary joy because of that, but she knows long-term that helping someone out in love is worth it. And I just love that. Mm. She's so sweet. Mm-hmm. It was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, very subtle, very subtle character, I, w- I would say. Um, I, I know I keep asking you questions, Tom. No, please do, please do. But when you um, gave your opening remarks, you were saying things about trauma. And I want to know why you said that. Oh, I mean, it seemed with Ben Kingsley's character that clearly he went through something that's just embedded in him now, right? That's mm. turned him from this vibrant person to just someone just making it through the day, like barely existing. Right. So, so something happened, obviously connected to the war and him no longer being able to, to, uh, make cinematic, uh, reels. (laughs) What do they call those? Yeah. They, they, Um, they burned his films for heels of shoes and he had to burn all of his props because he was so, pissed that nothing was getting used or anything like that anymore it's a it's a very it's a cathartic but also very very yeah it could be a very traumatizing thing to do to yeah. kind of just burn your life's work so he's stuck there um the, the station inspector sasha baron cohen he's stuck because of his leg he doesn't even have the confidence to you know talk to this woman that he finds attractive that he has every opportunity to talk to several times mm. a day right mm. it's like life has set him up to be able to approach this woman that he finds mm. uh yeah that he's drawn to and he he can't do it because he views himself as broken so he's just stuck in his day-to-day function and then of course hugo himself uh is as you guys said so well i didn't even pick this up during the film but he's seeing himself as just very mechanical, like becoming robotic and he's mm-hmm. stuck and like, yeah, I don't 
this is my purpose here, right? Trauma like, dreams that he has. Mm-hmm. Dreams on dreams. Dreams on dreams. Is so pretty intense. They're all just kind of uh, <laughs> stuck in this moment. They can't escape it, mm. right? And they just repeat it day after day. And that's why, to me, some of this, I mean, I love hearing the beauty that you guys saw in it, but to me, I'm seeing this, I'm like, it's like weighing on me, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but then, of course, all of that's... Uh, redeemed i love i love that i love that and and the and and the fact that we do get redemption it doesn't just kind of leave us hanging and i love i love that i'm I'm gonna try and get this thought out before it just evaporates but i love that this (laughs) takes place in a train station yeah like you said things are happening on time and you have everybody kind of like stuck in their routines their rhythms. They're all coming to the train station. They're all belonging there. They're all kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again. And you've got everybody kind of stuck in this place, which sometimes trauma can do. It can stick you in a place, in a time period, and you don't really escape that. Trauma can keep you at 15, even though you're 21. You know, it's, it's kind of like sticking you there. And you see... Sasha's character looking at the clock all the time and he's wearing a uniform much like he was in the war and you know military men are on time they're structured they're neat they're clean he's kind of like still in the war and you've got everybody kind of doing their own thing and by the end of the movie you know Sasha kind of comes out of his shell and like puts himself out there and like so do the old couple that are have the dogs and he's like you know the guy the guy keeps trying to talk with the woman but like it's not working and he like brings the dog in and is like oh try something new and they're all kind of like blossoming like a flower almost kind of like escaping this kind of routine and the clocks i mean that's like a very you know like we've already talked about a very good symbol for like everything kind of like happening when it's supposed to and kind of keeping people in time. Um, but I just, I just found that so appropriate that it was taking place in a, in a train station when things are supposed to happen at certain times and kind of keeping people on pace in routine Hmm. and people breaking out of that routine. Yeah. It's very interesting kind of happening below, you know, in the, in the background, you know, but just something I was noticing throughout the film. Anyone Dude, have you a, seem primed. <laughs> anyone have a favorite shot? Yes. Do you? I like the opening shot. Ooh. Zoom where, in. It was like these, was it like... Oh, it ended gears? with Hugo in the four, right? Well, yeah, yeah, but like it started off with like... All of Paris. Yeah. Yeah, but first before it was all of Paris, it was like watch gears or something and then it slowly... Or I don't know exactly what it was, but it wasn't Paris, but then like... Hmm when it came down it like faded into Paris mm-hmm. like it like looked just like it and I don't know. And then went through the train station. Went through the train station. I just like that. It kinda sets you up of like, ooh, this is kinda gonna be a little bit whimsical and magical and it's not like they tried to make everything look good, but you could tell things that were really kinda shiny, like CGI stuff. Yeah. And you like you said earlier, Eric, I think that, that lends itself to the movie magic. Mm-hmm. Just fun. You know the movie was a three D. Was theaters. It? Oh, Appar- I could. I apparently, could see people that. said it was like the best 3D movie. Wow! Like really? all the stuff, like moving in the w- clock tower. They said was really immersive. I, uh, I never saw it in 3D. Better than Longest Journey into Night. I don't 3D. Know. Probably not. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not. Let's not go that far. Um. Yeah, my favorite shot was when they dropped the box and all the letters fly That's out. That's so good. Mm. It's so good, and it's so also creative because a you drop a box papers aren't going to fly around like it's that scene from harry potter and the envelopes but also each drawing is kind of animating itself in a very creative way and it's kind of um lending itself to that movie magic again with that imagination and kind of like how things are and then when kingsley comes into the room all of them are kind of like very purposely kind of scattered on the floor and yeah, it was just beautiful. I just thought it was just a beautiful uh, moment. Magical. That, yeah, yeah. Because there's scenes in this movie that like you know you don't take too seriously. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are supposed to be pretty realistic, but yeah, it's that was one of the ones that, yeah, it, it was beautiful. It's not realistic. It's not good filmmaking. No, no. 
Neither is a green screen set. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the shot leading right up to that, like Mm. stuck with me. Like we've touched on Scorsese being known for his mob movies and, um, you know, there's real tension there, right? Because people's lives are on the line. But Mm -hmm. here I'm watching uh, Hugo and the little girl discover this box (laughs) and then stand on a chair to try to get it down without making any noise yeah right and it was like tense to me yeah i just thought in that moment like oh wow scorsese has made two kids grabbing a small box (laughs) to see what's inside of it like the most like there's a lot on the line here (laughs) like what happens if there's a noise that's made or they fall and uh (laughs) could be just me but i thought that was Hmm. i thought creating that feeling was pretty impressive from a pretty simple series of events. Hmm. I like that. Um, I was going to say one that Caleb already mentioned, which was Sasha Barrett Cohen, where his leg goes and you hear the creak and mm-hmm. he's kind of in the background. And yeah, she's yeah. In the I love that. Um, <laughs> but since we talked about that already early in the movie, Hugo's like looking at something and then the light through the gears is going super fast and it almost looks like he's in film light. Yes. And then and you even hear the sounds of like yeah. the film reel. And then yeah. after that, what happens is it's like a flashback to him and his dad. Yeah. Mm. So I love that he uses that as a framing device as if Hugo's watching a movie of his flashback life. It's and so you watch good. all that and then his dad dies in the fire, all that. And then it cuts back to him with the gears and the light kind of fades out. I was like, that's such a smart device. It's like Hugo just watched a little movie of his own life. Of his and own And we mind. got to watch it with him. That's absolutely what I thought, That's such a framing device. That was so good. Cool move, Scorsese. Cool move, Scorsese. So I like that. <laughs> I like that for the people who, like, especially in the 30s and earlier first time ever seeing a movie it's like yeah it's like i was watching one of my dreams Mm. which i think is really cool Uh, yeah because they said that multiple times and i think the first person that says it was uh dad yeah jude law jude law yeah um which i think is interesting and i think just the science behind film is fascinating that how they figured it out that it is magic the way our eyes work at 24 frames per second is you know what captures like real motion it is magic mm-hmm. it's just like it's an illusion yeah which is so cool shout out that ilm documentary and go check it out that mini series what's the island fantastic. documentary it's on disney plus it's about industrial light and magic and it is incredible uh all about movie magic and how they create it in the modern age so beautiful i love that shot in the dream when the train was coming at hugo and then it crashes through the train station because the way it ends oh that's so fun the way it ends when it comes out of the train station and like folds in on itself is an actual shot of that train that there's like yeah. another shot of it from one of his movies yeah. where oh. a train goes it, falls yeah. out and it folds on itself and it was like yeah it was like a mirroring type of thing and i thought that was i thought that was really interesting and then the mirroring of the you know, Hugo on the clock uh, with what's his name doing the clock scene from his movie. Oh, Harold Lloyd from Safety Last. Yes. Which if you That's haven't, great. if you haven't checked out, if, Google that shot and how they kind of like created that shot. Yeah. It's going to YouTube and type in safety last it's clock amazing. shot. Amazing. Cause you're, you watch it and you're like, of course that's how they did it. And that's brilliant. And like, God, people were so creative and so like imaginative of like, how do we make this shot? Same thing with Charlie Chaplin. He made a couple of like really amazing shots. Um, truly, yeah. truly true. Modern times. Hmm. Modern times, baby. Good shots. But How does this movie stack up to, and I haven't seen it, Cinema Paradiso? Way better. Way better. Is it I, kind I of think like Cinema a, Paradiso is way overrated. Is it a similar vibe? Like, no. Okay. That's uh, just another movie about these kids who live in a theater. That's what I think it's about. That's what I think it's about. I think. Is that hey, what it's about? Hot Let's take, stack up to the Denver Hot take from story. your snob here. Cinema Paradiso overrated. Ooh. Don't, don't waste your time. I see people talk about it all the time. Yeah, people love it. Sorry, Tom. Did you have a favorite shot? Did you share your favorite shot? Yeah, yeah. The um, Getting the box. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's Let's the get another one. Stuck the, the most with me. There were a few at the start that were really beautiful, mm-hmm. but I can't. Yeah break them down sequentially i just remember <laughs> being like oh that's beautiful that's yeah, beautiful that's and now i can't even tell you what it is smelly i mean one you of might it say is smelly 
<laughs> him looking through the four on the clock out onto the city. Yes. What did that um, four mean? Yeah, you were taking a lot he, of he notes. Took some notes. They looked. He looked through a four on, I believe, two different clocks. What does it mean? Because if we add up all the numbers it's, that he looked through and divide it by sixteen, uh, it gets Scorsese. Perhaps <laughs> it's perhaps it's foresight. Oh, you know, force foreshadowing, foreshadowing, oh, fourth wall. Oh, yeah, because then he looked into the camera and said, "I'm Hugo." <laughs> Hi, I'm Hugo. <laughs> Missed that part. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hugo. Hey! Oh, it's snowing. Hi, Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Hi, Lexi. <laughs> Lexi, have you seen Hugo? You should. Oh, you would love this. It's a very sad movie. It's very, it's <laughs> very whimsical and joyful. <laughs> With redemption and love at the end. Mm. <laughs> it was supposed to be a cheer-up movie, Ooh, guys. I love to love. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting because like a movie that has a lot of like green screen or CG or whatever, you know, you you think back on the film and it's kind of hard to hard to grab, hard to like put yourself back in like scenes because it didn't it wasn't as grounded in reality. But I loved that train station, and I feel like oh, that's pretty practical. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I feel like. That was the grounding piece, and obviously you have like shots of Paris and like all this. There's there's like a decent amount of like shots that are really difficult to do, like that first panning shot is like yeah. you know those are CGP. But it's like I just love that it was grounded at this like beautiful turn of the century uh, train station that was just like oh so cool. You gonna show this movie to your kids? Yeah, hundred percent. Why wouldn't I? So. I'll say, you know, if you mess up, that child snatcher is going to come after you, mm-hmm. you little orphan. <laughs> My bad. When you're Future watching death. this, though, <laughs> like, first of all, Scorsese's glorifying child labor, which is good, which is good, because yeah, the kids watching this, harder yeah. times are coming, kids. Yeah, you're going to have to learn. Harder times are coming. Yeah. So, so Scorsese did, uh, did future generations a favor, yeah. just help him oh, prep them. I think so. But... I was thinking watching this. I'm like, man, if I was eight year old kid watching this, mm-hmm. well, I'd be like, man, I have to go home. Come on, live in the clock tower. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, so a robot most friend. kids would have seen that and been like, oh, that poor kid, he's all alone, or been like, this is a kid's living the life. Yeah, ladder. Well, yeah. I mean, you just have you just oh, you just reminded me of that scene where like the robot doesn't work. And he slumps down in the chair and starts crying. And he's like, I just, I just don't want to be alone. And like. Then kids might be like, okay, clock tower is not as good. Yeah, right, right. This is the low point. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought, I thought that was very, very affecting. And, and, and he really, really wanted it to be a message from his dad. And he was just like, man, this is just so hopeless. Uh, and it wasn't a message from my dad. And then like five seconds later, it was a message from his dad. So it was great. Sort of. Not really. But. Because like this is a movie I want to show my kids. I'll show this to my kids. How, is there any movies you're really looking forward to show to your kids? Ooh. I know it's off movie topic, but I kind of just interested. Mm. Like you're like, I cannot wait to watch this with my seven year old or whatever. Oh, I can't wait to get a like gold plated Ghibli set. And gold just like, plated <laughs> you know what i mean just like i just want like i just want like a dvd ghibli set and just like i'll just i'll just like show pick one pick one pick one totoro of yeah course. totoro, totoro is totoro. amazing it's from the freaking 80s and like oh it's so good see it, that was also one of the ones where i was yeah. like oh my god it made me feel so good but we've already done that on the pod yeah, yeah, yeah. um ernest and celestine <laughs> oh for real though that's a really good one my nieces love Ernest watched, and remember Celestine. Remember we watched Ernest and Celestine? No. Yeah, uh, the bear and the mouse. It's one of the lost uh, episodes. Oh, bro. I, <laughs> you were talking about Ernest. Oh, Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> goes to camp. <laughs> Ernest scared <laughs> stupid. Isn't there one where Ernest like is on a basketball team? I don't know. Ernest Duncan. <laughs> no, not. The, it's, no, is it Belgian? Belgian? Belgian, yeah. yeah. No, I remember the bear in cartoon. The r- rat, bear and the mouse. I think I s- we've s- we've seen it, right? Yeah, we watched it uh, for cartoon. One of the lost episodes. Animated movies. It's oh, so good. Red Turtle's good, too. Tom? I, I mean, just to touch on the star of the pod, 
Babe Pig in the City. Hey, <laughs> Babe Pig. Wait, be, you uh, start with Babe Pig be, in the City? It'll be the kids and my first watch. Yeah. Nice. You're like, kids, I want to watch something with you I've never seen before, and we can experience it together. All the other movies, I'm afraid by the time the kids are old enough to watch them, the movies will just be too old. No, oh, man. No Some way. Some classics. That's what I said. Like, I'd, I'd 100% show Totoro, but I mean, that's an animated film, so I mean, it's not as... a aged but pig in the city is going to be just fine there's Tom. a lot of timeless movies out there i mentioned babe to jordan today and she started crying <laughs> no way does babe make her cry dude she was so emotional oh no because not even she just because be. the movie is great do you remember watching it when uh, it was babe was so cute it's because babe was so cute and it's oh, can you please uh, give me some uh, please and i just like <laughs> i started using that voice and she was like <laughs> she uh every time babe talked which was quite a bit uh she started crying Who's the voice of babe yeah i wonder actually uh, does babe end up as food no <laughs> thankfully uh, no, no. Thankfully, all of his no. brothers and sisters yeah, did. protected brothers by the screen actors too. guild so <laughs> we're going off the rails um Anything else you guys want to say about this film? I think we covered it pretty well. You got something, Tom? You look like you're ready to go. Yeah, you had notes, dude. <laughs> yeah, I now, mean... Is this your theory that you're talking about? Or this, is this comes at else? risk of of uh, shaming the pod with far-fledged theories. That's why we're here. But I'm watching we're here this, to shame. <laughs> and I see that flip book. He's, he's going through the flip book, right? Yeah. Yep. And then you see the automaton. And then all of a sudden, Jude Law shows up. And I thought about this before Jude Law showed up. Mm-hmm. I thought... Oh, this is Scorsese trying to compete. The word war is too strong, but he's like, I'm getting my Oscar mm-hmm. and my main competition has been Spielberg and I'm taking him down. And here's how I'm doing it. <laughs> like Jared, you this shared is a phenomenal theory. I love this. Keep going. You shared that Scorsese's older films. That's what he's known for. Yeah. And I would have thought that he mostly did mob films as well. Yeah. Right. And he puts out all these films are so well regarded, but he doesn't win an Oscar for best director. Mm -hmm. He almost did. And he did 2007 Spielberg comes out with AI and I'm not sure if that won it, but I remember being very acclaimed. Right. Mm -hmm. And I saw that, but admittedly I can't even remember what the point of it really was. So I need to see it again. Spielberg's best movie. Definitely do it on the pod. Here's what he does in this movie. Scorsese, he says, Oh Spielberg, you did AI in the future. What a cheap trick. Cause we all assume (laughs) it'll exist. I'm going back to early 1900s and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a real person. (laughs) I'm going to bring this clock tower to life and introduce mechanics with that. And then take the audience from the basic mechanics of clocks, which we all accept (laughs) into creating this mechanical robot. Right. And who am I going to use? As the person who made this robot, Gigolo Joe. Jude Law. Gigolo Joe. Yes. Wow. Who is the future. Well, okay. So, I'm going to use Jude Law <laughs> and the a child. Jugo AI theory. I love this so much. Jude Law then dies in a fire. Yeah. yeah. And there's this. I, I didn't get why there was like a priest, like stuck Han Solo style in a. Uh, <laughs> do you remember this what? no you, i don't remember this in, in okay well i'm getting off i'm losing okay. this right. so, so okay so he dies in the fire then the child works to get this automaton if i'm saying that correctly mm-hmm. running, functioning yeah right and my my theory is that is, is that the, the prototype for gigolo joe that automaton is the prototype for Gigolo Joe. Whoa. So Scorsese Dang goes dude. to the past Dang dude. and says, I'm going to work with AI in a much harder setting. And then not only am I going to do a movie outside of the normal types of movie I've, I've done, I'm going to really bring it to life with mm. how we use um, um, our special effects. And then yeah. I'm going to make, so, so I'm going to do something with special effects that hasn't been seen because Spielberg, you're known for special effects. Yeah. But oh, by the way, I'm doing something new. Yep. And then I'm going to make like two little movies within the movie, mm. like the little throwback movies. I'm going yeah. to have this director that we yep. show as throwback movies and those are also really enjoyable. Those kind of feel like two movies. Yeah. And so, yeah, my theory is he's like, <laughs> I'm getting my Oscar 
and it this is a direct shot at Spielberg. It's a direct shot. And I'm going to take <laughs> his concepts and I'm going to put them in a setting where they're harder to develop. Wow. And they take more thoughtfulness. I'm going to pull it off. And he did it. All. Wow. Except he didn't get it. Here, AI. Is I don't a know if you understood trick. what AI was about, but yeah, it's a cheap trick, apparently. <laughs> any credence? Any takers? No, it's not, not really. Like, um, <laughs> I think, if, yeah, I think it's possible I for understand. you to explain it. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Great sentence, Caleb. It's possible for you to explain it. <laughs> like, I, I think, Great I think sentence. someone, like, you could make someone buy that. I don't buy it. I, I tell you, but, you know like, what? it sounds I could believable see, enough. I could see the Jude Law, Gigolo Joe connection just because that's a fun homage. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jude Law and a kid. They've got Jude Law and a kid. Gigolo Both Joe. Movies. And there's yeah. a robot there. You know what's really interesting, though? Like, you look at Hugo and you and you think, like, d- like blind, blind viewing. You don't even know who directed it. Feels like a St- Steven Spielberg movie. No, it doesn't I look it like fe- it. I think it looks. Guys, it looks. You think so? An AI, an yes. AI feels like a Scorsese movie. No, no it, it doesn't. doesn't. Guys, Asa, <laughs> Asa Butterfield, Haley Joel Osment. Oh, five syllables, five syllables each. each. Hugo, H, <laughs> J, and an O. Haley, Haley Joel Joe Osment. Osment. Oh Come on. Gosh. The only Hugh thing Joe. that's missing is you. It's not it's Joe. It's, yeah. it's not Joe. It's Joel Osment. Hey, hey, hey. still a J. Hey, Joe. <laughs> I only feel better about my. Wow, guys, Joe. this Joe. This was great. Sequel to Cujo. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson was in that. There's some Harry Potter characters in this. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> flabbergasted. Well, good pick, Eric. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for watching. Thanks for coming. Uh, appreciate it, bud. Um, you gave some good theories. Uh, theory, main theory, that I will be thinking about for a little while. I have a theory that Asa Thank Butterfield you. working on the automaton to process the death of his father is Scorsese working on his own art to process his issues with his parents. You really think that? Yeah. He's just he's just making a little like you know I do I do the same thing to process my trauma. Anyways, <laughs> whether we're touching on mm. something or not, there was definitely more than meets the eye in this movie. There's a lot deep yeah. themes, deep themes. There's a lot of people without parents. I think that has some credence. Anyways, sorry I interrupted you. No, um, no, no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, know. next week we've got Jared's pick. Maybe well, it'll be Bay Pig in the City. Who knows? <laughs> oh, no. And I won't be here. Have I seen it? <laughs> I don't know what I'm picking yet, honestly. Okay. We'll have to get a guess. I feel like after watching this movie, I'm guilted into watching something older because <laughs> we've been watching too many new movies, you know? Hoosiers with 86! It's pretty new. <laughs> you want to watch something from... 30s? 40s? Only movie I've ever seen from the 30s is Passion of Joan. You've only seen one? That's from the 20s, dude. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, 30s. You've, seen, seen, you've seen The Wizard of Oz. Oh, 39. You're right. That was 39. That was wild. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tom, for coming on. Really appreciate your thoughts. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Loved it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. I feel like we'll see you next week, guys. I feel like we'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble, Google, guys. Gobble, gobble, gobble. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Google, gobble, gobble. All right, gobble, all right. Gobble, <laughs> Bye.